Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Sports Any Way You Want It. It is Thursday, September 17th, 2020, otherwise known as Constitution Day. Did you remember that, Zach? Today is Constitution Day? Yes. On this day in 1787, the Constitution was ratified, I think. Congrats. I should, I should know this. Congrats, America. Well, we need some congratulations in a year like this. Anyway, welcome to Sports Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Alex Frank, alongside my co-host, Zach Freeze. This is year number what? Year number four uh, of the show. Year number two and a half that we've been half. doing it together. Two yeah. and a half. Actually, kind of year three because you you came on I in was, the fall of 2018. You would come on the last 30 yeah, minutes. That's right. Freshman year. I was at the very end. I'd come on and... What, what, what would I talk about? We would do our I top fantasy, top, right? top four performers, fantasy football, and uh, that's right. just whatever else. And what, a, what a wild sequence since then, huh? I'll tell you what. Huh? How about that? 2019, we, uh, we, I, I thought at times we were trying to do too much with this with, with our staff. No. We're doing everything that we're supposed to be doing. And uh, what a show we got for you today, Freeze. Uh, did I mention there's a game tonight? Yeah, there is a game tonight, huh? How about that? Battle there of Ohio? Battle of Ohio. The Bengals and the Browns, Thursday Night Football, 8.20 p.m. kickoff on NFL Network. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Aaron Andrews, Christina Pink on the call from First Energy Stadium in Cleveland. Westwood 1 will have radio coverage. It will be Dan Miller and Tony Baselli will have the call. And I want to say that you can hear that game on Fox Sports 1360. And I'm sure uh, Dan Horde and Dave Latham will be able to... Well, give you some uh, they have the call. Of course. I can't believe they mentioned that. Dan Horde, Dave Latham will have the call... On ESPN 1530, 102.7 WEBN, and 700 WLW. Zach, both teams 0-1. The Bengals looked much more competitive than the Cleveland Browns did on on Sunday. The Bengals, despite losing 16-13 to the Los Angeles Chargers, I somehow managed to say that correctly. Uh, The Browns, uh, look, um, the Browns, that might be a case. I mean, the Ravens are really, really good. Ravens are really good. You can't. I don't think you can take away too much from the first week. It's always a lo- the first week of the NFL. It's every year you love the the week one hot takes. Well, so and so is terrible. So and so is really good. Cleveland played horribly against Baltimore, uh, but with that being said, Baltimore, like you said, they're really good. They're really good. Cleveland's better than that. Um, I think when you look at the Bengals, I think. Defensively, it, it might be kind of a, a, a double-edged sword because defensively, they, maybe they're not quite that good because they were playing a little bit of a, a weaker offense. On the, on the flip side, I think the offense is going to be better than that as Burrow becomes more comfortable and they maybe work out some kinks on the offensive line. So when you got a rookie quarterback, I mean, the, the, it's not going to be perfect. And I think um, there were flashes, but I think it, the offense will improve. It's just going to be for the Bengals. Can they sustain what they did defensively in Week One? Because remember last week, Week One, we were we were talking about, um, wow, what a performance that was. I mean, they should they probably should have won on the road, and you know they 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 dominated Seattle. It felt like they should have won that game. Uh, and for whatever, I mean, there were turnovers, a missed kick, and stuff like that. So, but. You know, it can change. That's the thing. You never know what to expect in, in, a, in the NFL. Too much parity to know what's going to happen. And then, you know, we, we thought, you know what, last, last, I specifically remember last year after week one, you know, this team might win seven, eight, nine games, right? And then 
we got humbled the next week as San Francisco oh, yeah. slapped us around like we were like a redheaded stepchild. I mean, we just got like and I thought and I thought that was more San Francisco being it was. really no, good. Yeah. San Francisco and it turned out really to be good. that way. Sure, but yeah, hope, no, I hope Elliot's listening to that because he apparently thinks San Francisco's not very good. San Francisco's good. a good team, Elliot. So you gotta let they are well. Okay, you know we talk about the Bengals. I was trying to find something. Um, there's a chance that Fred Johnson may end up playing the night for the Bengals. He should because let me tell you, Bobby, Bobby Hart, Hart is he. If there has been any worse decision made in the last twenty, last thirty years, or maybe even just period under Mike Brown's ownership, please someone inform me because to re-sign Bobby Hart after the 2018 season might have been the most egregious decision I have ever, I have ever heard seen. Just what are you doing there? Bobby Hart is not a good offensive lineman. Did, did Mike Brown not see him play against D. Ford on Sunday Night Football in 2018? You remember that game. D. Ford wrecked him. It's, yeah. It's abysmal, man. It is, it is abysmal. I mean, he false starts. He can't, excuse me, he can't block. What do, what do we expect? What do we expect when we signed him to a $21 million extension, so to speak? Well, I mean, he got. He got rewarded for being bad at his job. Let's just be... Now, that was 2019, and I think what you're seeing with this coaching staff is if you're not performing, you're not going to play. And let me tell you, whoever's playing right tackle tonight, they have a handful. Because guess who they're going up against? Miles Garrett. And he looked pretty good on Sunday. Yeah, he's a good player. When he's not hitting... Uh, guys in the head with a with a helmet. He's good, and uh, it, it's going to be a challenge. I think that's the thing you worry about. Um, is your your rookie quarterback dying on the field because you've got a right tackle that doesn't know what they're doing, and they're you know a turnstile, and they're just letting everybody pass by, and they're going to get Burrow killed. And that's Billy, the thing you worry about. And Billy Price is slated to start tonight. Honestly, that's good. A, good. I think he might be better than Sofia. I don't know. I'd rather he's, give. He's so bad at run blocking. Though. I'd rather give Billy Price a shot just to be like, all right, well, this was a first round pick, so let's just see, like, if he's got. He's basically. I mean, for Billy Price, this is kind of like a last chance. I know it's. Only, I mean, it's his third year, but at the same time, like, he's got to. We, we, I mean, we got to find somewhere where he can be serviceable at. Maybe he's just not. Maybe it's not going to work. Um, and it hasn't worked, but. I think I'd honestly rather just give him a shot because I don't think Suofilo's. I don't think that was a wise signing, to be honest. But uh, well, it was an upgrade from John Miller. Sure, I mean John. Yeah, it, it was an upgrade and, from John Miller. Slightly. And having Jonah Williams is an upgrade from whoever was playing left tackle last year. Yeah, I mean my goodness. I will say this: I, I brought this up with Justin today on our Bengals preview show. I said Billy Price. Two years ago, right around this time. It was two years ago, week two, Thursday Night Football. He gets hurt against the Ravens. Yeah. And he was playing reasonably well up to that point, And he hasn't really been the same promising prospect since. Now, part of it is he hasn't had a chance. Last year, the Bengals put in Michael Jordan at left guard. They put in Trey Hopkins at center. And Trey Hopkins, I think, is really good. He's not bad. No, I think think he's really good, to be honest with you. Um, I think he's really good on this offensive line. You know. Okay, that's a fair assessment. But what I'm saying is Billy Price hasn't had a chance since that injury to prove himself. If yeah. he hasn't gotten hurt, who knows what would have happened. That's the that's part of sports, though. What if? 
So maybe tonight he goes out if he ends up playing and, you know, he's able to pave the way for Joe Mixon. He protects Joe Burrow. I will say this. When we talk about the offensive line, one guy who got better as the game wore on on Sunday was Jonah Williams. I think so, too. Jonah Williams looked, I mean, I, I think when you look at Williams, I think he played well. Um, it's a tough task. You got Joey Bosa, who you're going up against. And I know, excuse me, they moved Bosa around. But I think that maybe goes to show you, like, all right, well, he wasn't having as easy of a time with uh, Jonah Williams. And, you know, he's pushing Bobby Hart around like he's a ragdoll, and it's just too easy. So I think a, ra- a ragdoll living in the movie. Ch- Jonah Williams, I think, uh, I think he's going to hold his own. I think he's going to do a good job. I think he is not a, you know, he's not a, a uh, like one of these just like, you know, we're going to run the ball right behind this guy and he's just going to bury people. He's more of just kind of a technician. You know, he's kind of a dance. I guess you call a, a dancing bear. You know, I think he's more of a, <laughs> more of a, a pass protector, but more, more so than like a mauler, like Trent Williams just absolutely murdering a guy on the field. I mean, he just, did you see him clobber, clobber, uh, I don't know who it was for Arizona, but Trent Williams just destroyed a guy. Was it Chandler Jones? I don't know. It wasn't Chandler Jones. I think it was a linebacker. Trent Williams is he's pretty mobile. He, I mean, he's just so big. Trent too. Williams just destroyed a guy. That was a crazy clip. But anyway, I don't. I think Trent Williams. I, that's that was. I mean, he's that's one of the most important spots on any team. And now when you got a rookie, and if I mean, if he can hold up, hold his own, and we just have to fix one side of the offensive line. I mean, that's. That's, that's huge because we don't have to worry, okay, if you got Trey Hopkins and he's serviceable and, and you got Jonah Williams and uh, he's good to serviceable, then all right, we're, we're, kinda, we're almost halfway there. You know, all we need is Michael Jordan maybe to play a little better. And I, think he, I think he's gotten better. Give, I mean, he looks bigger. Give, uh, give Fred Johnson a shot maybe because I don't think the, the Bengals have a lot to lose there at right tackle. I just think it's like, well, you know. How much worse? Well, they haven't be? had a really good right tackle in so long. Yeah, I, I mean Andre Smith was never really that no, great. No. Um, Whitworth at left tackle was really Whit was, good. Whit was great. Whitworth was good. Clint Bowling was really good. He Kevin Zeidler. Yep. Russell Bodine was good he was at okay. times. He was okay. uh, I mean, I mean, he was fine. He, it wasn't like it was like, wow, this team has to get rid of Russell Bodine. He's a well, my disaster. last game, my last name memory of him is getting pancaked by J.J. Watt on a. On a he was ladder. bad at the end. I know what you're saying. Like he was bad towards the end, but it was like for like a couple of years, it was like okay, they can survive with Russell Bodine at center. Yeah. Um, anyway, so tonight's game. I mean, I meant Justin mentioned Bobby Hart's his key to the game, but unt- but like I'm going to say this every game, Zach. Joe Mixon is the key for me offensively because as the Bengals go, as he goes, True. he's so valuable to this team because. He gives he gives this team another dimension because he's so athletic. And I remember last year the season opener. What he had, what ten yards rushing that game. Yeah, I think it, he did. it wasn't very many. I think he did. Okay, so he yes, has nine, that's tough. nineteen for sixty six on Sunday. Not bad. Yeah, I would Ag- like against more, the but... de- against the defense that was playing really well. Now. I do wish Mixon had gotten the ball more in the fourth quarter, and I think tonight on the road you should do that. It's so funny, Zach. You look at what the Titans do with Derrick Henry. You say all the time, well, I can't figure this Titans team out. I can figure them out for you. They know Derrick Henry's their best offensive player, so they keep feeding him. If anyone should have Derrick a feed Henry me, if they, that offense. If anyone should have a feed me tattoo, it's Derrick Henry, not Ezekiel Elliott. Derrick Henry 
He had 31 carries the other night. And that's with Ryan Tannehill throwing 43 passes. They do rely heavily on Derrick Henry, I will say that. And it almost makes you feel like, how does Tennessee do it? Because they're so, I don't want to say one-dimensional, because Ryan Tannehill was good last year. It's called coaching. But yeah, credit. I mean, credit to them. Yeah, I agree with you, though. Mixon is, whether people want to admit it or not, he's the best option they got on offense. He's their best playmaker offensively. So he's got to get the ball 20 to 25 times a game, I think. If you want to win games, that's a guy you got to get the ball. They got to get Mixon involved in the passing game more. I know he's not like this like prototypical uh, receiving back like a James White, but they got to get him four, three, four catches a game, maybe get him out in space. I thought their Bengals ran some nice design play calls, short passes um, last week. They had one of those to Drew Sample. Yeah, uh, they had another, a couple to CJ Uzama that were just like these nice design little plays they had to, to get them open. Back to back plays on the drive that ended with the interception. But you're right, Zach. They did mix in some of those chances. They did that with Geo too. Right, and Geo's nice. I like Geo. Geo is like I always love Geo. Geo is like kind of like that, just like never really became a stud, but like he worked out. I mean, he was a, what he was an early second round pick or mid second round pick. So he he worked out, I think. It never really, but he he is what he is. He's a receiving back, you know, third down back, and it's basically basically been what he's you know been. But Mixon is this bell cow that we got. Like this is a guy we got to feed. So yeah, I mean, you can't not because you just gave him a forty four year forty eight right. million dollar extension. He's the guy. I mean, there now, there were plenty of running backs who were given extensions, and don't tell me that running backs aren't valuable. In the NFL. Oh, let me tell you. They can be valuable. They are. Mixon got an extension. Kamara got an extension. Henry got one. Uh, Eckler, Cook. I mean, these are five running backs were given contract extensions. Joe Mixon's extremely valuable to this team. I mean, like, I mean, he also can catch out of the backfield. I mean, you have to utilize him. It's called coaching. Take pressure off the rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow. Remember, Zach, the Seahawks won, what, 11-5 and in Russell Wilson's first year? You want to know why they did that? Because they had a great running back in Marshawn Lynch, and they kept giving him the ball. Take the, the pressure. Beast. Yeah, literally there. Take the pressure off the quarterback and develop him. Joe Burrow threw 36 passes on Sunday. Not bad. I mean, it's fine. I, I, he threw at the end of the game. Yeah, when we were down. He, I mean, he was making bad. some good throws, though, like, if, if, if I had to give Joe Burrow a grade for his debut, I'd go C+. Now, obviously, Joe Burrow's more hard on himself than we're hard on him. That's perfectly fine with me. I'd probably go... I honestly might even be more... I don't know. I'd probably give him a B just because... I know he, he had that horrid interception. Uh, didn't, but, that, didn't that remind you of a Dalton the Ingram in the playoff game? Yeah. It was like the exact same play. That was a horrible interception, but at the same time... Yeah, that nice run. I think he is. I think you did like notice some things though. Like he is pretty athletic. I mean, this is a guy that he's a pretty good athlete, and uh, I mean, he made some money throws. I mean, he missed he missed the touchdown to AJ Green, but he made some money like that. He had one, that one throw to Michael Thomas. He had was an that was a big boy throw. He had a big boy window. Tight window throw to Michael Thomas. He also made one to Tyler Boyd on third and eight on yeah. the last drive. He almost also there, there was one that he almost like fit in perfectly to AJ Green, but it was just out of bounds. I don't know if you know what I'm referring to. Um, I forget exactly. Was that play, was that on the last drive? I think yes. 
Yeah, you know what? It was a I good remember, throw. I remember just a that. little bit. It was a good throw. It was a tough. It was a tough one. We haven't even talked about AJ Green yet. How good is it to see him back? I think AJ looked good. Um, I think about. I mean, the Bengals. The passing offense was kind of sporadic. You know, it wasn't great on Sunday, but I mean, he was the go-to guy, and he made some. I mean, he made some tough catches. I think AJ looked good. I, I think um, there's going to be there could be a little bit of. Uh, hesitation to get him back in full you know 100 percent every snap kind of deal but uh from what from what i from what i watched what i saw i think aj was was pretty good i think you you know maybe we can get him the ball more um but i mean i can't really i can't really complain from what i saw from aj green you can't complain when he was your leading receiver in receptions yards and targets right i mean now Joe Burrow is going to go to A.J. Green. And A.J. Green has high praise for Joe Burrow. That's the one thing about Joe Burrow. He is so well-respected, and he's only played one game. Is part of that what he did at LSU? Yes. Yeah. You can't deny that. But it's also who he is as a quarterback and a leader. Yeah. This guy is mature beyond his years. And the thing about it is, like, he and Baker are similar in age, but... You don't hear the kind of talk about from the Browns about Baker Mayfield the way you hear the Bengals about Joe Burrow. And that's what, sep- that's what separates Burrow from Baker. So we mentioned A.J. Green. See, the thing about tonight's game, Zach, is there's so many narratives that can come from this game. It can be Cleveland figures things out, everything's fine for now. It can be, I think, even if the Bengals win, this game is more about Cleveland than it is about the Bengals. You can, I'm sure you can agree Probably, with me on yeah. that. From a national narrative, and it is a nationally televised game, if the Browns lose tonight, the national narrative is going to be, what the heck is wrong with Baker Mayfield? Is Kevin Stefanski the right guy? Should Case Keenum be put in? And if fans are, if fans are saying it, the media is going to hear it, they're going to ask Kevin Stefanski, it's going to be a storyline. You're not going to be able to escape it. And let me tell you, if the let me tell you, if the Browns lose tonight, I'm tuning into Cleveland Sports Talk tomorrow because it, it is going to be a, a miserable ten days. When is there not a miserable ten days in Cleveland? I mean, really? Well, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, there, this is kind of it does feel like there's more pressure on Cleveland because they almost have to win it if they if they want to make the playoffs. You you can't start zero and two. You can't lose a home game to a game you're favored by a touchdown. And it is kind of like the Bengals. I'm not going to say they're playing with house money, but I mean, but in essence they are because it's like, like they're not really expected to win. It's it's an important game. I mean, there's enough parity in the NFL that it's just like any given Sunday. It's like there's enough parity in the NFL, but at the same time, if you start 0 and 2, like it's tough, after, especially in Cleveland. After week 1, you're not going to overreact. The Ravens might be the exception. But if you're if you fall to 0 and 2, that's enough of a sample size to Start panicking. Well, it's not just 0-2. It's 0-2 in the division. I mean, that's important. You know, it's, it's an important game. That's also true. Oh, oh, yes. And think about this, Zach. Like, Justin and I were going through the schedule today for the Browns. They host Washington next week. I'm not penciling that in as a win. I'm not for now, that. Washington looked... <laughs> I, I need to see Washington one more time. Let's, let's, before I get so on the got, Washington bandwagon. Well, you can watch them on Arizona. Sunday. I That'll think be Arizona's going to clean them up. I think Arizona's going to clean up. I think, clean I think they will, bit. too, but it wouldn't shock me if that game was close. No, it wouldn't shock I me. I mean, they did. Now, I mean, we can go in on that, but, like, 
if the Bengals win, let's say A.J. Green goes out tonight and has nine catches for 100 and some yards and a touchdown or two, then it's going to be like A.J. Green redemption on primetime. If Joe Burrow throws for 275 and three yeah. touchdowns, Joe Burrow is the real deal. There are so many ways this this narrative, the narrative of this game can turn out to be. That's how important this game is. More so for the Browns, but if you're the Bengals, like Zach Taylor, this season, there is more pressure on him. They haven't won a road game under him yet. They haven't won a road game in two that's, years, by the way. Yeah, that's tough. They haven't won a he hasn't won a one score game, right? He's 0-9 no. in one-score no. game. That's See, a little concerning. Yeah, so we talk about the Browns having something to prove, and Kevin Stefanski, who I thought was the right man for the job. I mean, that was a good hire. You look at what he did in Minnesota last year with Dalvin Cook and Kyle Rudolph and Kirk yeah. Cousins, and you're thinking, okay, Cleveland has Nick Chubb. They bring in Austin Hooper from Atlanta, played for Matt Ryan. You're thinking that's pretty good. And they have what Stefanski had with Thielen and Diggs in Minnesota. They have Beckham and Landry in Cleveland, and it hasn't worked out yet. Now, it's one game. I'm not... Uh, I, look, I think we over we did overreact. We overreacted, justifiably so. You watch the tape of the game, Zach. The Browns aren't as bad as the score suggests. No. They, they just... Like, in the second quarter, they had a possession down at the 15-yard line, but Odell had a face mask. Baker takes a sack. It's third and 41. They punt. Towards the end of the half, they miss a field goal. Third you, and 40. You can't, you can't have that happen against a team who's very opportunistic like the Baltimore Ravens. Now, we can sit up here and tell you how good we think the Ravens are. I thought they were going to struggle this year. Oh, no, not after Sunday. They're going into Houston and winning this week. I don't care if that game is on the road. They're winning at Houston. I agree. I, I, I like Baltimore to win. Um, but anyway, so Zach Taylor, like, two things he's done that I like. One, he's going to coach 60 minutes, and he's going to coach the whole season. He's not going to give up. Two, he's got this team united. He's got, you know, he has guys that want to play for him. Sean Williams said it after the Buffalo game last year. He's like, I'll play for that guy. I think the Bengals knew they weren't very good, so they're like, they're like okay, let's not call us division, division in the locker room. Now they have the leader in Joe Burrow. They have... A more competent team that's gonna they're gonna put a competitive team on the football field. Yeah. But situationally, Zach Taylor has still not mastered it. What separates great head coaches from good coaches, and Zach Taylor I think is decent. And I don't want to say he's I don't want to say he's bad, but we just don't know enough. No, because he hasn't had a chance to work with a real roster yet. Like a game like this is big. He can show me something. I don't what I don't like is that they didn't have any timeouts last week in the middle of the fourth quarter. That's a problem. With six minutes, yeah, exactly. With six minutes left, you don't have a timeout. And also, it can't happen. No. And at the end of the first half, like you and I were talking about earlier, at the end of the first half, you have first and 10 at the 41 yard line with 111 left. Your, your first thought is don't let them get the ball and score. How about you go down and score yourself? True. You got to play to win, not play, not play, not to play, not to lose, right? Exactly. Don't play to not lose. Because right. you will. Play to win. You play to win the game. I mean, like, what do you think? Look, you look at what – I mean, I go back to what Nick Foles and the Eagles did. They didn't play to not lose. Right. Like, okay, they beat Atlanta in the divisional round, and my thinking was I, – I, mean, I mean, they got the win, but they didn't look good doing it. Did you expect Nick Foles to throw for 350 yards in the NFC Championship game? I mean, they they gave him the playbook in the NFC Championship game against that defense in Minnesota – and he carved them up. And then he does the same thing to New England. New England. When their defense was the best that maybe it's ever been during the dynasty. Yeah. 
So what do you think tonight? What happens? Let's get a prediction. Do you want me to give it now, or do you want me to save it for the two-minute drill? Oh, yeah. Save it for the two-minute drill. Save it for the okay. two-minute drill. Okay. We'll yeah, Have we we'll hit wait. on everything? I will say this. My key player defensively, Mackenzie Alexander. Okay. Because he's going up against Jarvis Landry. I didn't see much of him last week. I didn't he, hear much about Mackenzie Alexander. I don't think yeah, it wasn't anything bad. By the way, Darius Phillips on um, Mike Williams, horrible matchup. Yeah, Mike Williams is better than I give him credit for, though. He he can yeah. he can catch some tough balls because he's long and just yeah. Now they might put Darius Phillips on Beckham this year because he did a good job on him last year. He had those two interceptions in the regular season finale last year. My thing is though, I mean he's I mean Beckham is this tall, strong, athletic guy. Phillips isn't really that corner. But yeah. Mackenzie Alexander, if there's one thing that we've seen with the Browns, it's that Baker and Jarvis have a connection. And that's partly, and that's a large part because Jarvis was there in Baker's rookie year and Odell was not. So Baker is going to go to Jarvis Landry. Mackenzie Alexander, if he shuts Jarvis down and he forces Odell Beckham to make an impact on the game, can he do that? I can't believe I'm questioning that, but Odell Beckham didn't have double-digit receptions in any game last year. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. He won that's eight crazy. straight games without a touchdown last year. Here's another thing, too, Zach. Baker Mayfield has played with four different head coaches and offensive coordinators each. He's not developing. He's regressing. Yeah. That's why tonight it's, it, it is astronomical for the Browns. Yeah, it's big. It's big for them. I, mean, I hate to put too much on a week two game, but it's it's important. No, Yeah, it is. And here's the thing with the Bengals. They win. They're one and one. You're feeling really good. You start thinking about Philadelphia. They did not look good on third on last week. No. And you have ten days off. They don't. We're coming for you, Philly. <laughs> no, I was not, gonna maybe go to that game. Not really, but you know what? Crazy NFL, like I say. And you saw it last weekend. I, what I say in the NFL is any given Sunday. At the parody in this league, like you think like on paper, well, this team's gonna smoke this team. Yeah. You know, it's a three-point game. Look at Tennessee and, and what they did to Baltimore in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's any given. The the difference between the the best team and the 20th best team is not really that much. Or the fifth best team and the 20th, third best team is really I mean, not you that have much. Your, your, your few sure. good teams. Kansas City is better than... KC, Baltimore, San Francisco, Kansas City New is Orleans. way better than, you know... The, the large Jets, middle, and then you have your bottom, which is Detroit, Jacksonville, and we, Washington. Well, Jacksonville, we think. Oh. Well, we they, think go, Jacksonville. They, they go more on that. They go to Tennessee this week. Talk yeah. to me after that game, as yeah. I told Justin earlier today. All right, so we'll, we'll get to our game picks uh, and the two-minute drill. Um, Zach, I, I said to you last summer, if you'll recall, you, Elliot, and I went to a Reds game last, last year. We did. Against the Angels. And I said to you, wouldn't it be so great if we could talk about the Reds in September being in the pennant race? And your response to me was... Wait, you remember what I said? I, I know exactly what you said. How do you remember this? I just do. It's like... Guys, this it's, was a conversation from 13 months he's ago. Like, he's like, it's all I ever want, Al. And uh, sure enough, here uh, we are. Yeah, here we are that. today. On, on The Reds are on a five-game winning streak. Look, Saturday night, you could punt your hopes on this team. I punted. I told you I punted last Thursday. I was like, I, after that Cubs game, because it was just. You're like, telling me you watched that instead of the it, it was Texans a, Chiefs game. I watched both because if you don't, if you if you uh, 
if you don't remember that game, the Bengals st- or the red the Bengals the red started at <laughs> the red started at like nine, and that game lasted seven hours. That game didn't get over till one in the morning. So I'm just watching. So there, was a, there was a rain delay in Chicago, right? Yeah, there was okay. just this comedic. This game was just like a, just like a like stand up comedy. It was like we got balls that are the Cubs are hitting in getting infield hits left and right, and then the Reds have a lead, and then they blow the lead, and Brian Goodwin's dropping fly balls, and Shogo does you know he gets a double, and the, but then he overslides the bag, and so he's out, and then the next guy up. It gets a hit, so Shogo would have scored had he been on second, and it would have been a two-run game. And after that, I was like, all right, well, this is over. Well, let me tell you this. If the season ended today, the Reds are in second place in the Central. So they'd be in the playoffs. They'd be playing the Braves, my home, my birthplace team. Atlanta. I'm not rooting for Atlanta, though. I, I, look, I'm ATL born, but I'm natty raised. Um, there you go. So, well, you know that. Now, now, I think the Reds, regardless, I mean, if they make the playoffs, which they will, they're going to be... Which they will? I'm sorry. I was not Oh, straight. the confidence of this man. I, that was not... No. Okay. I wish I could say that. I'm nervous. If they do... Of course you're nervous. This is Cincinnati. I'm nervous, If they man. make the playoffs, they're probably playing on the road in the wild card round. Oh, of course. Almost certainly, right? Because, I mean, what? The second place teams right now are the... the the Marlins. The Marlins. 60-game season, though. The Marlins. Uh, the Padres, that's not a fluke. The Padres are They're a good baseball really team. Really I good. love watching highlights of I love Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, Eric Cosmer. I mean, I, I can't name you one of their pitchers, but... Chris Paddock, Denelson Lamette, Mike Clevenger. It's a good team. It's good for San Diego because that's all they have. And they, got robbed of, and they got robbed with San Diego State. It is. I, I look... Good for good for San Diego. I, they haven't been good ever, so good for them. I mean, you know, it's a crazy season when the White Sox are the first place team in the American League. Behind them is Tampa Bay, who has been decimated by injuries. Uh, Zach, the Yankees and the Twins are currently slated to play in the playoffs right now. Uh, I don't care I'll if that that, ser- that series can be played on Mars. The Yankees are sweeping the Twins as they have that's the last like a- as they have the last. Three times they've played them in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a mental thing for Minnesota. They can't get over that. Look at last year. The, the Twins won 100 games. The Yankees won, I think, 100. Uh, they won over 102. They got the home field. The series was over in the fourth inning of Game 2 when Didi hit that mammoth grand slam. So that was incredible, by the way. Uh, yeah, I mean, Didi. Didi's, Sir Didi's good. Uh, Wish it was still there. Back to the Reds, though. Uh it was great. The sweep was great. The the, seri- the series win in St. Louis was unexpected, and it was great. Might uh, have saved the season. And I doubted that. I, I I said it. I think I said it like after they after they won that series in St. Louis. I said they just they gotta if they want a shot. If we want to be serious about this, they gotta sweep the Pirates because there is none of this three out of four crap. No, you sweep them. We don't have that luxury anymore because we split with the Pirates two weeks ago. And what was when we they, shouldn't have. they should have swept them? To be honest with you, the Reds should have swept that. I mean, they they had the lead in the last game of that series. They were up the entire game and blew it in the ninth. Uh, but they <laughs> only had three hits. But anyway, uh, and then Trevor they lost. Tre- they Trevor Bauer had a three nothing lead and we lost on that game. That shouldn't happen. It was on the defense. But no, they came positive vibes only. I mean, the pit, starting pitching was. 
dynamite in this in this series against. How Pittsburgh. good was Castillo last night? Castillo was nasty. I, see, this all is of a su- all of a sudden he's won three in a row. I'm not going to say I was right here, but I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit. You know, everyone was freaking out about Luis Castillo at the beginning of the year. Eh, he's not any good. He's been terrible. Blah 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 blah. And I said, guys, he throws 98 miles per hour, 98 mile an hour heaters. He's got one of the best changeups in baseball. <laughs> He's gonna be fine. He's gonna. It's gonna be all right. The stuff is too good. All right. The stuff is too good. And then I. But then I had. But his, his last twenty-five starts, his ERA is five, and I'm like, all right. But then if you look at the, if you look at the end, the second half of 2018 and the first half of 2019, he was as good as anybody. Was there in a baseball? better pitcher other than not named Jacob Degrom? Probably not. There probably was. Well, Kershaw. Well, Kershaw was injured. Was he injured last year? He got it. He's been injured the last couple of years. Point, but still, I think I would have taken. Or Garrett Cole, I should say. I would have taken Castillo the first half of 2019 over dang, damn near anybody. He was that good. Uh, I mean, his ERA was in the low twos. Yeah. And to, to start 2019, hey, he's gonna go. He's he's not gonna be perfect. There are there are times when his changeup isn't as effective, uh, but. I mean, Castillo's back. I mean, this guy is dirty. Ten strikeouts in seven innings last night. Reds win their fifth straight game. You're, you're right. Well, my mic, this is... Hold put, on. Put it through your shirt. Put it, th- put it through your, your Gonzaga basketball shirt. I know you're a Gonzaga basketball defender, which Gonzaga basketball I, I hope we have a March Madness. Yeah, I think we will. We're going to have March Madness. I think we will, too. Just and hopefully they'll be able to play where they're, where they're currently slated to play the games. Final Four in Indianapolis. I, we'll see. I mean, I'd love, I I just need college basketball back. I'm glad they made an announcement about it. We're it gives two you months hope. Away. It gives you hope. It does. Here's the thing, too. Like, college football, don't mean to kind of segue here or kind of get off topic, but college football a month ago was in serious jeopardy. Now the Big Ten is playing. Yeah. And now the Pac-12 is talking about playing. Yeah. It's, the yeah. Pac-12. Hypocritical. I'm not going to get into that. I mean, look. Good for them. They're playing. But to me, screw them. You had your chance. You made your decision. Now, all of a sudden, you're backtracking. It's ruining UC's chances of, of us dreaming about the college football playoff. That's true. I, that was my Which first might, thought. We might, still, we might still be able to go. I mean, they're, uh, the, the Big Ten's going to play fewer games. I don't know. We're 13 now. If you blow everybody out, you never know. But anyway, back to the Reds. Okay, so, you know, Zach, I think anyone would have been naive to think that any, to not think that anything can happen in a 60-game season. If Luis Castillo was struggling like this in a 162-game season, you're not worried, right? Right. Okay. You are now because there's only, excuse That's me, fair. so few games. I wasn't really, this season to me, it was like almost a bonus season. Now, if the Reds make the playoffs, that's a win. If they get to the division series, that's a That's a successful season to me. When anything can happen in a 60-game season, the only team that is an exception to that are the Dodgers. You mentioned the double-edged sword with the Bengals' defense. This 60-game season is that. Because on one hand, yeah, it's kind of a bonus season. But on the other, yeah, it is a season. And there are games being played. And there's going to be a champion crowned. So you better bring your A game every night. If this were a 162-game season, we'd be, what, in late May right now? Late May, early June. You... Okay, uh, the Reds would kind of be getting going a little bit. You're probably not worried. Well, you are now. But you have to take what the 60-game season gives you. 
Who would have thought the Blue Jays would be in the playoffs? I sure as hell didn't. The Reds right now are the sixth seed playing the Braves. I mean, I think we knew the Braves were going to be good, but the thing about the Reds is like, the problem is, as talented as they are, everyone's the same. When one player is not hitting, everybody's not hitting. When one player is hitting, everybody's hitting. Yeah. But you have to find that consistency. The, now, my question is, obviously we can talk about you know later on in October, November, who's staying, who's going, but this team is talented. They are. Trevor Bauer's been He's gonna win this unbelievable this season. Yeah. Sonny Gray has struggled. Luis Castillo has won all of a sudden three straight starts. Iglesias came on last night and closed the door. You're always nervous when he's on the mound. At least I am. Just, you know, the Reds have a shot at making the playoffs. But I'm telling you, their schedule down the stretch. It's tough. White Sox is, are no joke. No. The Brewers are no joke. And the Twins sure as heck aren't a joke. The White Sox are scary. I mean, their lineup is deep. Eloy Jimenez and Yoan Moncada and Luis Robert. Grandal. Grandal. Like, Abreu. They, Abreu. They have a deep lineup. And they've got good pitching, too. I mean, we don't have to face Giolito, but I'm pretty sure the, I'm pretty sure the White Sox held Keuchel out of his start today to fit to, so that he can start this weekend, and that's a little scary. You're going to see teams start to do this. They're, they're starting to format. They're trying to, they're trying to uh, it's a chess match with the, how they're going to realign their rotation for the playoffs. I, mean, I miss talking baseball this time of year. What? I miss talking baseball oh, yeah. this time of year. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, it, it, it's not the same because yeah. it came on so quickly, and, and it's like you've been in an extended pennant chase for so long. If this were last year, like, oh, yeah, we'd be all over it. Now, I, I think if before the season started, we knew the Reds were going to be good. I didn't expect them to win the division. I didn't expect them to make the playoffs. I thought they could easily get Wait, in. are you talking about at the beginning of, like, the fe- in February? In February. Okay. I, look, you and I, you and I are both ecstatic about the upcoming season. Because... They spend money on Moustakis. They yep. spend money on Castellanos. Chogo. Chogo, same deal. And you knew the pitching was there. Yep. I mean, we were out of our minds excited for this season. And then, ultimate, and then you know, wondering if we're even going to play the season, which that was a saga. And now the season's here. It's been great. Uh, we, I mean, they've weathered two COVID-19 uh, outbreaks. But outside of that... It's been normal. Yeah. As far as games being played. It, it's uh it's been great. I mean, at least the Reds have made it interesting. Now whether they'll let me down here or this has been fool's gold is another thing. But uh, honestly, I think it's pretty cut and dry. I think 5 and 4 gets you in for sh- pretty sure on that. Get to 500, 29 and 31. I've seen people in yeah, 20 ah. 29 and 31. You know, I don't want to be 29 and 31. I feel like that's you're you're asking to get bounced in on a tiebreaker. Uh, I just pray to God the Cardinals tiebreak winning percentage nonsense doesn't come into play because they're only playing 58 games as of now. Uh, they have two games that are not currently scheduled that they're supposed to play against Detroit that they are not making up the most, as of now. It'd be the most Cincinnati thing ever if the Cardinals get in because they have a higher winning percentage only because they played two fewer I'd games. I would lose my mind. I would, I would, I would, hate, the, my I would mind. hate the Cardinals forever if, the, if well, that I, happened. I would just, 
uh, Uncle Rob would be on. Oh, well, I mean, okay, mainly Rob, man. I would, I shouldn't say I would, I would he hate is, the Cardinals forever. He but. would be. I mean, he's already not a favorite of anybody's. That would be. You don't like that him, would Rob. be the nail. I know you don't coffin. like him. Oh God, Rob Manfred. He's trying to. Did you like Bud? He's Seelig? trying to ruin the game. No, I, I Bud Selig. I wasn't crazy about either, but I mean, Rob Manfred to me has been just a disaster. He's been a disaster of a commissioner, I think. He's the polar opposite of Adam Silver. Adam Silver's a good commissioner. I got no issues. You know who else has done well recently is Roger Goodell. Yeah, I mean he's. I, I think people. I think people hate on Roger Goodell. I I'm not like a hater of Roger Goodell. I don't really think he is a terrible commissioner. I think he's he's all right, but I don't have like a strong opinion of Roger Goodell to be honest. All right, so the Reds play the White Sox this weekend, three game series. At home, a great American ballpark. Uh, I mean, it's the final six home games of the year. Yep. Um, 25 and 26, currently sixth in the National League. They'd play the Braves in Atlanta if the season ended today. Uh, the MLB postseason bubble, which I'm kind of indifferent on. I understand it. Do I think Do I think it should happen? No. Um, what do you think? About the postseason bubble? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's... I think it's smart just because they can't have another shutdown, right? They can't have another team that just ends up getting it. And you're uh, playing in warm weather environments. If, if you, you know, we can't have another Marlins or a Cardinals situation, you know, it's just push everything back two, three weeks. So I understand why they're doing it. I don't really have a big problem with it. Um, you know, if there's not going to be fans, it's not that big of a deal, I don't think so. I'm all right with it. I understand that it, it, if they want to make this, if they want to do this right, make sure it happens. Make sure they don't have any delays. Then I, I, I'm, I'm cool with the bubble. It, it's, 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 it's good. It's the bubble makes sense. I think. All right, we fit on that. Um, there's a game on Saturday at Nippert Stadium. There is a game on Saturday. Yes, Saturday. and uh, FC Cincinnati wishes they were playing but they're not it's actually going to be the uh the the football bearcats yes the uc bearcats yours truly sean mcmahon will have the call on bearcast media zach we're hoping to have you next saturday for i think it's going to be a really fun game against army Army. yeah army's ranked you know i didn't know that how about that i got 70 teams yeah i'm that's gonna be a challenge for us to commentate a game against a triple option attack and oh by the way army does not put the uh names of the players on the backs of their jerseys. Yeah, the uh, the option is kind of a tough well, call. Well, Sean's got binoculars, I hear, so I think we might be using That's, those. Uh, the, the option is a tough wrinkle for a call. But, no, I look, for Saturday, this Saturday, uh, I think we all know what's going to I mean, UC is going to beat the brakes off of Austin P. I I said 59 to 10. I would say, like, 56 to 7. Not only that, but... The Bearcats are ranked as high as they've been ranked since 2009. You know Number what happened th- that year. I do. Let's go. Should have been in the national championship. Thank you, Big 12 officials. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, number 13 in the country. Now, let's talk about the season on a grander scale. Because what this team can accomplish is limitless. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to think they're going to cont- Now, the problem is th- the top of the American Athletic Conference is stacked. It's good. Memphis, despite Kenneth Gainwell opting out, I still would not sleep on them. Uh, th- that team in Orlando, UCF, we know who they are. SMU's not bad. They're not bad. Shane Bouchelle's a really good quarterback. 
And my concern is, Zach, and this is what we, this, remember last year after the Temple game, I said to you in the broadcast booth, we're going to get smoked by Memphis. I said 45-14. Because you watched our offense that night against Temple. Good. And you watched Memphis's offense against USF. And oh, by the way, Memphis's defense held them to five, five first downs in the game. Yeah, that happened. Okay. Like, the problem I have with Cincinnati is, do they have an offense lethal enough to compete with teams like Memphis and UCF? I think last year we... I mean, they beat UCF last year, thanks to Marcus Freeman, who... If, if you don't love Marcus Freeman as a Bearcats fan, I don't know what the heck is wrong with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, Marcus Freeman's the most, like... This guy's changed... The, obviously, Luke Fickle, but this guy's changed... Been a, he's changed the DNA of this program, of this culture, defensively. I mean, this is the deepest defense... One of the deepest defensive teams in the country. Uh, they have, I think... Uh, you know, people make fun of me. They have... You know, a top three corner in the country. They have a top ten secondary in the country. I think they have deepest defensive line in the country. Or not in the country. I think they have the deepest defensive front in the conference. Um, That's without question. I mean, I don't think it's close. Uh, Majay Sanders is going to blow up this year. I mean, think of everyone is back from last year. Who's not back from last year? Brian Wright? Okay, Brian fine. Wright, yeah, middle linebacker. Perry Young, who was unbelievable. He was great, but... The secondary stacked. The, the only place that there there's some youth there is linebacker, but there's really not youth there because you have Jarrell White, who's a senior. He's played a bunch. Joe DeBlanco. DeBlanco has been here long enough to where keep in mind, I trust. Who keep in mind, learn from Perry Young and Brian Wright. Darian Beavers has played a lot of college football. I mean, yeah. He was here last year. And Wilson Huber. Wilson Huber playing linebacker now. Forgot about him. We'll, I mean, see, we'll see how that transpires. You might see... Uh, you know, a guy like Ty Van Fossen gets some playing time. Maybe Brody Engel. But other than that, like, you're still you're talking about guys that are at least, like, they've been around the program. And that's the thing. I think they're stacked defensively. I really do. I think defensively there isn't even, like, what can we even talk about other than the fact that, like. Uh, Kobe Bryant is a concern to me. Really? He's definitely your weakest corner. Yeah, because I mean, he is. You watched him, la- although he saved our tails in the Temple game. He didn't have a good year last year. No. But, but then again. I watched him against ECU get gashed by C.J. Johnson. Now, to his defense, East Carolina did put up 51 points the following week. But my God. It wasn't good. And, and Kobe Bryant, like the headline in training camp from The Athletic was, don't throw to Kobe Bryant. Mm, okay. He got lit up. I don't Thanks. mean to criticize how great of a writer Justin Williams is, but at the same time, like... Teams picked on um, Kobe Bryant. They picked up on it. Well, and, that's, yeah. And then why they, they decided to test Ahmad Gardner on Sauce. that third and five, that was a mistake. We'll take it. I, I think that you'll see more of Arquan Bush. And, he's uh, playing. He's slated to start a nickel corner. Right. The secondary is so good. It's good. And James Wiggins comes back this year. James Wiggins, who was their best player in the secondary two years ago. His, he was their best defensive player. Is back this year. Potentially. And Javon yeah. X is good, and he's not going to play. Javon and Derek Force is first team All Conference. Yeah, it's it's it's. Amar Gardner was freshman All American. Right. He wasn't even on the starting depth chart in Week One. No one knew. Like he was like kind of just like a oh, like he wasn't even the best corner in his own recruiting class. Like he was just kind of like the afterthought at corner in his like Justin Harris was like oh yeah that's the kid. Justin I'm excited to see him play. He he's going to get in. He Maybe a, he'll take he'll take some. 
some reps away from Kobe Bryant if oh, he struggles. Thank you. I mean, he made a great play in the UCF game last year. You remember that? I mean, yeah. it was Justin a Harris deep ball, and I thought it was going to be caught, and Harris last minute slapped it down, batted it down. So, I mean, there's so much potential. Offensively, I wish Michael Warren was still here because what Michael Warren did was just unbelievable. Absolutely. I miss that, and it's just it's going to – I think at running back, they're ultimately going to be all right. They got Dokes, they got McClellan, they got Jerome Ford, Montgomery. That's not a bad crop. I mean, they have backs. enough. They have enough The there. problem is, is Desmond Ritter. What kind of – can we get the Desmond Ritter that was closer to 2018? Is he healthy? Is he – can we get him to – because last year they couldn't they couldn't move the ball. They couldn't throw the ball down the field. Well, I'm going to I'm going to say that you will and here's why. They know Desmond Ritter's strengths. He can run. He doesn't have to throw 300 yards a game. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. And I think also this year you're going to see a better offensive line. You're going to see a healthier Desmond Ritter. The receiving core is a question mark. It, it's question mark but at the same time opposing defenses don't know what they do. So you can use what you've done in training camp like I mean your starting wide receivers are who? Alec Pierce, Trey Tucker. Michael Young. Michael Young, Jay Sean Jackson. I mean, Jordan Jones will get in the mix. Jordan they're they're going to mix in some guys. Yeah, and the recruiting class, which is otherworldly talented. I mean, how many four-stars do we have? I mean, you've got... And how many guys they're going to... Jaden Thompson and... E, uh, Yaheen Thomas. He's a he's on the defense, right? He's linebacker. And then you got obviously Prater. Uh, Who's your third string quarterback, Justin by the way? Wa- Justin Watley. Uh, Tyler Scott, Chris Scott, Norman yep. Love, Marquez Bell, Sammy Anderson, yeah. Kobe McAllister, Sammy Gavin Anderson. Gerhardt. Sammy Anderson's another guy. Like He's not going to play this yeah, year, but I mean, he's like super talented. I mean, the way Luke Fickle recruits, it's Power Five worthy. It is. Sam, like, Sammy Anderson is like a legit recruit, and he's going to be like the 10th corner on, on the team this year. One other thing. Um, on offense, obviously losing Josiah Aguara, that security blanket. Yeah, but they're good at tight end. I'm not concerned. Bruno LaBelle, Leonard Taylor came on Josh at the end Wiley of last year. Josh start. Wiley, I yeah. mentioned. I mean, with the receivers and the tight ends, you didn't see a lot of them last year because you had a lot of the same players from 2018, minus Khalil Lewis. The offensive line should be better as well. I can't wait to see James Hudson play a full season. I mean, he was great in the Birmingham Bowl. Uh, right. Um, yeah, hopefully, we don't end up there this year. Oh God! If we end up in Birmingham, I almost didn't watch that game. I it was just—it was a waste. It was just kind of like, okay, well, we're beating their brains in. All right. They didn't even want to be there. Boston College tried to get the game canceled. Yeah, I, it was, John Cunningham didn't let that happen. Which, by the way, Boston College selfish act because their bowl game was canceled the year before. Canceled. <laughs> That's right. It was. They played Bo- Boise. That's right. Yeah, I do remember. Okay, so uh, special teams. Cole Smith takes over for Sam Croza. Yeah. I I'm hopeful. I think Cole Smith just struggled a little bit his freshman year. I think he'll he'll get it. You never together. know with the James Smith, you know what you're getting. Jimmy from Smith him. is one of the best punters in the country. Yeah. My favorite James Smith fact before I know we got to wrap up soon, but uh, two touchbacks in his career. Is that good? How many punts does he have inside the twenty? I think like seventy something, seventy three maybe. God. He's got like a hundred and. 100-something counts or something. He has two touchbacks. So That's good. what a number. I mean, it's just incredible. Okay. Uh, season record predictions. The full, like, including, okay, postseason or just like? Just the regular season. They're going to lose uh, 
they got ten games. I think they would go nine and one. Nine and one. They lose to UCF, but that's it. That's the game I have them losing to. I'm I'm gonna say eight and two. I'm a little skeptical. Oh no! Wow. I think SMU. Whoa. I think I I just question their offense now. Okay. If I see some, if I see their offense shine in their first three games, and at Tulsa in game four, then hell yeah, I'll pick them to beat SMU. So no, so no. Um, I don't eight and two may not get you to the conference championship. Right. And I if it does, no you're going on the road. Yeah. Can UC make the college football playoff? Absolutely not. Not anymore. Not with the not with the Big Ten I, coming I, back. I go no. It's just not going to happen. I don't know. Not with the Big Ten coming back. Man. Well, I mean, I mean, they'd have to go undefeated, and then they like, would have to go undefeated either way. Because yeah, but now that Ohio State's in it, that takes away a spot. Yeah, but how many does. how many games are they playing? Oh wait, the Big Ten championship didn't move their game back. Oh my gosh, see this is yeah, they're they're not getting in. It's unfortunate. No, no, okay. They had a shot before, okay, but... Okay, New Year's Six Bowl. That's within reach, definitely. I, if they win the American Athletic Conference... If they Conference, win the conference championship, If they win the conference because of how good the conference is, they're, they're going to New Year's Six there's Bowl. No, which, there's no Boise State this year. Which would be the Fiesta Bowl. By the way, I do have family lives out there uh, that lives out in Phoenix, so we'd be good to go. I mean, it'd be great. Got connections for us. It'd be great, Al, but, uh, you know... Let's I, just take it one game at a time. We got Saturday... They'll win Saturday by a boatload of points, and then I think Army's a test. So it's not going to be what it was. Remember the first game? What was the score of that game? Twenty-six to fourteen. That's and what it, it was. And if it wasn't meant for a tipped interception of the goal line, it could have been much closer. Right. I mean, that was that's scary. And that was when Austin P was in the midst of a forty-one and forty-seven stretch. Now I will say Austin P has improved. They've improved a lot. They Their have program. improved. They, did one, have, they, yeah. have, they had a coaching change in the in the offseason. That, that guy was a good coach. Will Healy was his name, I think? I thought it was um, something Mark Hudspeth or something. Well, Wait, no. Their one coach a couple years ago was Will Healy because he's at Charlotte now. And, I mean, because he, he did great he did a great job at Austin P. Not important, but now. Uh, yeah, I mean, Austin P's a much improved program from to, uh, three years ago. But the problem is, so is Cincinnati. The problem is the quality of FCS compared to FBS, yeah, it's I mean, nowhere it's, near. Right. UC will win 59-10. You said, what did you say? 56-7. Okay. So you got the same. All right. Well, I think we have gone over pretty much. Yeah. Uh, where are we here? Pretty much everything that we needed to cover. Um, a two-minute drill. Time now for my favorite segment of the show, and that is the two-minute drill. Zach and I go through the NFL games every single week. And we pick who we think is going to win with the score. Zach, fire up that timer. I got the week two picks right here. Tell me when to go. Three, two, one, go. All right. Kicking things off Thursday Night Football tonight. The Bengals and the Browns. Who they think you're going to beat them Bengals? 23-14. to Bengals beat the Browns. Giants-Bears. Tell you what, Zach. The Giants were a little impressive on Monday night. They weren't that bad. But I'll take the Bears to edge them in this game 20-17. to Falcons-Cowboys. This is an interesting game. I mean, if the Cowboys lose this game, they might be in trouble with all the injuries they have. I think they edge Atlanta 30-24. Lions-Packers, please. Don't don't hype up the Lions ever again. Green Bay looked damn good last week. They'll look damn good again this week. 41-20. Jaguars-Titans. The Jaguars did win last week. The Titans are much better. 27-17 Titans win. Uh, Vikings-Colts, really crucial game here. I'm going Vikings on the road, 27-24. to I did not like the Colts on last week losing to Jacksonville. Minnesota did lose to Green Bay. Their offense, though, is still pretty solid. 
Uh, Bills Dolphins, it's on the road. I think Miami will put up some points, but the Bills will come away with the win 27-20. 49ers Jets, the Jets are awful. The Niners, that loss is not a fluke because the Cardinals are really good, but the Niners are still very good. Niners 31-17. Rams Eagles, upset pick of the week. Rams go into Philly, get the win 27-26. Denver and the Steelers, please. Steelers will blow the doors off of Denver. They'll probably hold Melvin Gordon to like five rushing yards, uh, 31-10. Panthers, Buccaneers, two teams 0-1. I like Tampa Bay at home, 28-21. Washington, Arizona. Arizona looked pretty good last week against San Francisco. They are for real. Washington looked maybe like a football team, literally. But the Cardinals will win this game, 27-17. Chiefs, Chargers, opening game in SoFi Stadium for the Chargers. Won't matter. Chiefs will be too much, 37-20. Ravens, Texans. I was in on the Texans winning this game, not after what I saw last week, 34-24. Sunday night football, Patriots-Seahawks, cross-country battle. Uh, these two teams have engaged in great matches over the years, but guess what? When it comes to Seattle, there is... Oh, I lost the song. Shoot. Uh-oh. I was going to play um, uh, Pearl Jam's Even Flow, being from Seattle. Seattle wins the game 30-21, to and I'm way over two minutes, by the way. Monday night football, Saints and the... Raiders in Las Vegas. Upset pick of the week number two. Raiders over the Saints, 31-24. Zach, what do you think? Wow. Uh, okay. I'm surprised you picked the Raiders, but all right. Hey, look, more power to This you. brings back bad memories of the Saints Michael on Monday Thomas Night Football. Out. Michael Thomas That's out. significant. Now, he says that he's going to play. He's not playing. He's out a few weeks. He's missing a couple games. That's a bad, bad loss. It's bad. This is not Drew Brees going down. It's and Terry Bridgewater coming in. But it's important. All right, I'm, I'm ready to rock. All right, Zach, you got just about two and a half minutes left. I trust you to get done. You'll I'll close out the show. Two-minute drill starting right now. Bengals, Browns. I'm taking the Browns. Look, the Browns are better than what they showed last week. I don't think the Bengals are bad per se, but I like the Browns to eke one out 24-20. Bucks, Panthers, the Panthers are trash. Uh, Tom Brady's going to bounce back. They're going to win in a big way, 28-14. Jags Titans I refuse to believe in the Jags although I think this is an ugly game I think Tennessee is was gross in that Denver game I will take them 21 to 7 yeah 17 yeah uh the Bears and the Giants the G man but I'm taking I'm taking I'm gonna ride the hot hand Mitch Trubisky somehow won them a game <laughs> we'll give it we'll give him another one 24 uh to 17 Bears eke one out uh, how about them Cowboys? Cowboys, they're gonna they're gonna beat it. Overrated. Thirty-one twenty. I like Dallas. Uh, like you said, Green Bay is gonna smack around the Lions. That won't be close. Thirty-one twenty-four or thirty-one twenty as well in that one. Colts Vikings. I think that's a tight game. Uh, I'm gonna go Colts win a high-scoring affair at the gun. Thirty-one twenty-eight. Bills, Dolphins. Uh, I like the Bills. The Dolphins, they, they don't do it for me. Not this year. Uh, 27 to 13. Uh, we got Niners, Jets. I like the Niners. 30 to 7. The Jets are terrible. Get them out of here. Rams, Eagles, I agree. I'm going Rams. The Eagles are too banged up. 28 23. Rams pull that one out. Steelers going to beat the Broncos uh, 27 to 10. I like Arizona over Washington. 23 to 10 i like the ravens 38 the texans 24 i like kansas city 30 i like the chargers 14 so 
easy win there for the for the uh, the Chiefs. I'm going with Seattle. I think they beat the Patriots on Sunday Night Football, uh, 28 to 20. Yeah, 28-20. I think it's a I think it's somewhat of a tight game, but I like them too much. And then I'm going with the Saints, though. I got to go with the Saints to to win. 24 to uh, 21. Tight game, Just, but yeah. Give me give me the Saints. Came down to the wire. For Zach Freeze, I'm Alex Frank. This has been Sports Any Way You Want It. We'll see you next Thursday.